Hello again. I'm Mark Harry, and thank you for joining me once more as we're going to the army. Hello once again and welcome to this March 2015 edition of Going to the Army. This is the 20th monthly edition of the podcast, not including specials for Good Friday, Remembrance Day, Christmas and Easter. I'd like to thank you all especially for the response to last month's special podcast in tribute to Lieutenant Colonel Ray Stedman Allen. And although that extended podcast has only been available for three weeks or so and lasted two and a half hours, it has still been downloaded or played many thousands of times already and in all corners of the world. This month, there's a feeling of preparation for Easter as we've entered the period of Lent and the podcast features a number of devotional and reflective pieces. But, as always, there's room for more than just that in a Going to the Army podcast. And we start, as always, with a march. One of two that begin and end today's podcast by the Salvation Army's very own March King, Colonel Bramwell Coles. This is The Young Salvationist.
tapping 1950 march there from Colonel Coles, played there by the Boscombe Band. I recall that that march is rather well known to the members of one band I played with from a visit across the Solent to the Isle of Wight a few years ago, when, if I remember correctly, that march was played on the march quite a number of times in succession, after the procession back to the hall was extended and diverted somewhat from its original course. Well, it's some 15 years or so now since Songster Brigades were first introduced to the beautiful setting by Major Len Ballantyne of John Oxenham's words, Mid All the Traffic of the Ways, set to the American folk tune, Shenandoah. And in just those few years, the tune and words have become almost synonymous with each other within the army. I certainly couldn't listen to a musical setting of Shenandoah now without associating it with that wonderful prayer where we ask the Lord for a moment of quiet reflection in a busy and noisy world. Well, we're not actually going to hear that Ballantyne arrangement now, as we're going to hear a couple more pieces from his pen later in the podcast. But another opportunity to pair those words and that piece of music together was found by the vocal group Salva Costa. And that's the beautiful a cappella arrangement we're going to hear today, as our opening song and prayer time, if you like. While we listen, I pray that God will bring you peace and that we will all feel his presence near us and to be to us what each of us needs today in our own busy lives.
I'm always glad to hear from listeners with a request for something that they would like to hear on going to the army. Now, we're reaching the stage where, after 20-odd programmes, that some things are being requested that we've already used, of course. And on such occasions, I'm always happy to point those who have asked to the appropriate episode of the podcast where they'd be able to find it. I do try to log all requests, but sometimes... As today, a request that someone has made just pops into my head and I can find no reference to it in my notes at all. So, whoever requested this next classic songster item from the pen of Ernest Rance, I'm sorry I can't acknowledge you by name, but I still hope you enjoy singing along with the Portsmouth Citadel songsters and Highway of the Heart.
Several listeners have mentioned to me over the past couple of years that going to the army reminds them in some ways of the old afternoon praise meetings that many of us grew up with in the Salvation Army. The ever-increasing demands of life in the 21st century is just one of the things that has contributed to the ending of such gatherings. And with their demise, we also lost the opportunity to play more regularly pieces like this next one. And I've mentioned before, I'm sure, my fondness for the old Sunday afternoon selection. There are literally hundreds of these in our band journals, many of them now forgotten and never played, for no more reason than the simple question, when could they be played? Well, they can be played here, and so they will be. And this is Eric Lydson's selection, A Robe of White, played for us today by the Chalk Farm Band under the leadership of Bandmaster Michael Clack. <laughs>
Another thing I've mentioned many times before in the podcasts is my fond recollection of my days in the singing company and the many songs that I had the privilege of learning and singing there with my singing company leaders Rita Taylor, Linda Thompson, Winnie Wills, Jean Bolton and Betty Perry. How those gracious ladies ever put up with me is something else I wonder with amazement today. But I've been thinking a lot about those seven or eight years or so recently as I've been recording my new CD to be released later this year. I've called it Back in the Singing Company and it features many of the songs that I used to sing back then, many of which I haven't heard since. But one that I have heard and one that still loved today though is this next one. Hand me down my silver trumpet. Webb's arrangement of that old Negro spiritual is always a popular item with both the children and the congregations who listen, and long may it remain so. That, by the way, was the Portsmouth Citadel Singing Company once again, this time from their 1990s recording, Heart to Change the World. For all lovers of brass band music, especially in the contesting world, March is always a wonderful and an exciting month in Britain as the UK bands prepare for their regional championships. Since the opportunity for Salvationists to be able to participate in contesting bands, oh please, not outside bands, many of us have enjoyed this experience greatly and certainly for me, the chance to prepare and play some of this great music under conductors like Bob and Nick Childs has been an immense privilege and a great, if unexpected, thrill. This year I, like many others, have been preparing to play a superb piece that has very much a Salvation Army connection. 
for not only was The Torchbearer composed by Peter Graham, but it's crammed full of references to many, many favourite Eric Ball compositions, including the march that gives the piece its name, of course. But it also includes references to Resurgum, Hold Thou My Hand, Sound Out the Proclamation, Triumph of Peace, The Eternal Presence, and many more. But the sublime cornet solo that illuminates the second half of that piece ends with a six-note phrase that every time speaks the words Begin the day with God, with a perfect clarity and intent. And that tune originally featured, of course, in this next piece, the Eric Ball classic, Songs of the Morning.
was Songs of the Morning, played there by the Egon Virtuoso Band. Oh, one Salvation Army musician who's already experienced success at this year's regional contests is David Dawes. For so many years, David was the principal cornet player for the ISB, although David is now establishing a fine reputation for himself as a euphoniumist, having been forced to cease playing the cornet a few years ago. David's band GUS won the Midlands contest just last weekend, so congratulations to him. And we're going to hear now a recording that David made some years ago. A cornet solo setting of Howard Davies's beautiful song, How Can I Thank You, Lord?
That song, like many of Howard's songs, has always been a personal favourite of mine, and I particularly love the words that say, I'd write a symphony or build a dome. I know I'm only dreaming. Such things surpass my scheming. There's really little I can give that way. But, Lord, I'd like to serve you well today. What a great prayer for all of us to live each day in our lives. And thank you, David, for that beautiful solo. Talking about famous cornet players, you may be interested to know that a new recording has been produced by what is perhaps the Army's most famous family of cornetists, the Cobb family, featuring solos that were recorded by Roland, Steve, Matthew and Philip as well as some vocal solos sung by Steve's brother Roger, a very well-known vocal soloist in his own right, of course. And we're going to hear him now, in fact, singing Joy Webb's song The First Step from Hendon Band's CD, The Inheritors. You may be frightened, you may be sad, to make you glad You may have memories too strong to leave A life that's hijacked hard to retrieve This is the place that you now can leave Just take the first step, it's not so hard, you'll find an angel is standing guard, you'll be so welcome if you will come, just take the first step back What you've longed for—a chance, indeed. For what's on offer, he holds everything you need. A loving father, whose word is true, whose strength is.
coming to God or even coming back to God, if you have stopped walking so closely beside him in recent years, really is so easy. You do just need to take that first step in faith. And I sincerely pray that each of you listening to this podcast will take that step and claim Jesus as your saviour before it's too late. Thank you for that song, Joy and Roger. And if you want to hear more of Roger's voice, as well as the rest of the family's items, of course, I've placed a link for where you can purchase their family's new CD on the podcast's home pages. Well, no one ever promised us that following Jesus would be an easy, smooth and pleasant path. The Bible doesn't promise us a bed of roses as a reward for living a Christian life. In fact, Jesus, conversely, invited us to take up thy cross and follow me. So I'm sure that none of us who live as Christians expect an easy life just because we try to follow in Christ's footsteps. We're going to hear now from a good friend of mine, Darren Shaw. Darren is a Salvation Army officer whose band piece, Guardian of My Soul, has touched so many lives in the last few years since it was written. Hello, Darren. Uh, please tell us something about what caused you to have to leave officership for a period. Yeah, well, we're going back to a very painful part of my life, really, Mark. Um, we were six years into officership, that's my wife, Lynn, and I. Um, two years into our third appointment, down in a beautiful part of the country, down, down in Cornwall, really enjoying life. We had three children, five years and under. And I just began to feel really, really unwell. And I couldn't carry on doing the things that I had taken for granted. Um, the more I tried to fight it, the harder I was gripped by this debilitating fatigue and um, muscle pain and a devastating brain fog. And over the course of the next few months, the illness robbed me of everything. Um, everything that I felt defined me, the you know who I was I couldn't write music anymore I, I couldn't play the piano for more than a few minutes I couldn't read more than a paragraph of a book at a time I, I couldn't even hold um, a coherent conversation couldn't find my words um, and well we're 12 months later I was diagnosed with ME it took a bit longer for the illness to to rob me of my vocation as well but sure enough the day came in August 2010 when that was brought to an end too I was just too unwell to continue with my uh, with my duties. And how did this experience affect your own relationship with God? Well, to be honest, it brought me face to face with him. It was kind of a, a forced confrontation, if you like. I mean, I couldn't do very much or, or go anywhere. So I was literally left with myself and God. And that was it for a long time. And of course, the first thing I asked was why? Anyone would ask that question, I'm sure. But why? Why, God, would you lead me and call me into a vocation like this? Why would you uh, lead me into a covenanted relationship with you through Salvation Army officership, only to allow that to be taken away? Why would you equip me with creativity and communication skills, only to uh, see them wither and fade? But I found that after a while, I began to realise that the real question was uh, was supposed to be aimed at me. Who... Who was I in all of this? Um, I'd lost, as I say, all those things which I kind of defined myself by, the things that I did. And by losing the things that I could do, I, I didn't know who I could be. So I had to try and find a new definition of, of uh, who I was. And I did that 
face to face with God and, and with nothing else getting in the way anymore, no busyness, no doing, no no stuff that kind of masked the uh, the the lack of a relationship that might have been there. With nothing else getting in the way, that definition became strikingly simple. I am a child of God. I could no longer say I am an officer, I am an evangelist, I am a preacher, I am a musician, I am any of those things, but I could still say, I am a child of God. And even if I never uh, fully functioned properly again, I would always still be his child. Nothing would be able to take that away. But clearly that's not where the story ends, is it? You're now restored to health, praise God, and officership. Tell me how all that came about from your own point of view. Well, I'll tell anyone that asks that through my experience, I have become fully convinced that, that God really can use any and every circumstance for our good and his glory. Um, my restoration to health was a perfect combination of factors looking back on it. Um, it wasn't a, a sudden healing. It wasn't a sudden uh, throw away the walking stick and, and, and dance around the hall kind of healing. But I had uh, we, we, we moved to Portsmouth because... Lynn was appointed to Southsea about a year after my officership was withdrawn and uh, we got there and I had the right health care, the right environment, the right fellowship, uh, fervent prayer all around me and God infused all of those things that he'd given us with his healing touch and in his own perfect timing just four months after we moved um, I suddenly found my concentration return that the fog, the brain fog lifted I could concentrate, I could think, I could read, I could find my words again, and I could hear music in my head once again. The you know, first time in years that I'd heard the music playing so clearly in my head. And with my mind restored, uh, I needed to find something to, to do. My body hadn't yet caught up. Uh, it would take um, quite a long time of, of physiotherapy and exercise and application to really get myself physically back to health but my mind was there and I didn't want to lose it again I didn't want to go uh, go mad by doing nothing so I had to find something to to uh, take up my time and so with this music playing in my head I decided to to try and write again and uh, I'd been going along to the band practices at Salsi for a while uh, kind of uh, part of my rehab in a way I'd, I'd go and play for a few minutes and then I would go and lay down in the hall and, and recover and uh, that was, you know, I could play a few minutes at a time. That got a bit longer and a bit longer and a bit longer. And I, I found myself playing more. But um, with the sound of the band in my head, I really wanted to write. And Mark, uh, the bandmaster, he asked me if I still had a piece that I'd arranged uh, back when I was 17 in our music school days. And uh, he wanted to know if I still had that piece lying around. And I couldn't find it anywhere. So, um, so I decided I would write it all out from memory. I did that. I gave it to the band to play and uh, went down pretty well. And I kind of I caught the bug. I really wanted to write something else. And so I decided to write something that came from my own experience. I wanted to communicate my my testimony at that time through music, uh, something that came out of my own creativity. And that's where Guardian of My Soul came from. Yeah, it was. Um, I figured that I should use something I knew well. So I chose one of my own songs and uh, I chose the song that I've called Guardian of My Soul. It's in Magnify As I Worship You. That's the first line of the song. Um, because it was, uh, it was a perfect fit, really, for my testament at that time. It's about following, but not just about following. It's also about restoration and healing. Lord, your wounds are now my healing and I am wholly yours. And um, so 
that was the perfect song really for me to start to base the piece on and uh, I also included the tune Aurelia because of its association with the song Oh Jesus I Have Promised and of course at that time I had no idea where where God was leading me uh, he, he'd drawn me out or at least part way out of my illness restored me to to a measure of health I still had no idea were you leading me Lord back into officership is there something else you had in mind? Have I uh, changed course in life here because of this illness? Is this what you want to come out of it? Well, I didn't know the answer to those questions at the time. But I wanted to reiterate the promise that I'd made at commissioning. Jesus, I have promised to serve you to the end. And that, you know, no matter where you lead me. And of course, both songs use the phrase guardian of my soul, which is actually um, taken from a reference to 1 Peter 2, 24. Um, and that phrase um, unites the two songs, but it appears in the song, O Jesus, I Have Promised, in the verse that says, O let me hear thee speaking. And that's particularly pertinent because, again, at that time, I wanted God to speak clearly to me. Guide me, Lord. Where is it you want me to go? From here, from now, where am I going? Where are you taking me? What do you want from me? So let me hear you speaking. And so this idea of uh, Lord uh, speaking to me me following him and then the second verse of guardian of my soul uh, I'll follow you God's only son along the road to the cross and that's um, where the peace really leads it takes you on a journey from not really knowing where to go or who you are finding your identity in Christ I'll know my name and where I'm going guardian of my soul to hearing him speaking calling leading me on healing restoring and uh, well, who knew who knew where it would lead? And here I am now, fully restored to health, fully restored to officership, um, my covenant, you know, fully restored with the Lord. And uh, I still don't know ultimately where all this will lead. But um, my testimony in music really is that He is and has always been the guardian of my soul. I am His child, no matter what happens to me. And I have promised to follow him and serve him right to the very end. Oh, thank you very much, Darren. That's a truly inspiring story. And that piece of music has also inspired and helped so many other people, players and listeners. Thank you, Darren. And God bless you, Lynn, and your family in your continued years of service in the days ahead. We're now going to listen to Darren's piece Guardian of My Soul, played by the Amsterdam Staff Band.
The song Wonderful Love was first published by the Salvation Army way back in 1894. The words were by Emmanuel Rolfe. He was an officer who served in England, Australia, New Zealand and Jamaica, with music originally by an E. Tullet. But it became famous when it was given a new tune by Thomas Bainbridge. There have been other new tunes as well, of course, notably a lovely arrangement by Chris Mallett. But now we're going to hear a lovely jazzy arrangement, the first of two such items consecutively arranged by Len Ballantyne. Wonderful Love is sung here by Katie Harding with piano accompaniment from Howard Evans, and it's on their album Summer Suns. And a link to where that album is available to purchase can also be found on the podcast's homepage.
Marlene Ballantyne now, and this time we're going to hear his arrangement of the song Since Jesus Came Into My Heart. Since Jesus was played there by the Canadian Staff Band, 
And I pray that we can all sing along with the words, Floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll, since Jesus came into my heart. What a testimony. Thank you, Lord, for all your goodness to us. I mentioned at the start of the podcast that we're currently in the season of Lent and our minds inevitably turn to Easter and the sacrifice made by God in sending his son to earth to die and in doing so to enable us all to be saved. The redeeming power of Jesus' blood is central to our whole faith and this next piece of music will turn our hearts further in the direction of Calvary. Sung here by the Amsterdam Staff Songsters is Ivor Bazanko's wonderful setting of Fred Fry's words, To thy cross I come, Lord. Words that were penned in the very earliest days of the army and which were first published in 1889. To thy cross I come, Lord.
And so we reach the end of another Going to the Army podcast. And as promised, we end with another great march from Colonel Bram Coles. This time, one that's dedicated to all who are prepared to stand up for Christ in a world that seems intent on making such a stand as difficult as possible. This is the International Staff Band with Bravest of the Brave. Cheerio, and God bless you all. Thank you.